0: Welcome to Riverdale After Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that's going to need $250,000, a school bus, and passports out of town. I'm Alex. I'm Pete. And unfortunately, Justin, our third co-host, is not here this week. He, uh, Pete, I don't know if you know this, he built his own rocket and took off in it. And oh, it, wow. Uh, yeah, it immediately exploded. He's dead now.
2: Yeah, I was going to say that seems like the dumbest thing to do.
0: Yes, don't. Uh, spoilers uh, for this episode of Riverdale in particular, but kids, don't build your own rockets. Don't ride off of them. Not a good idea.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, leave it to the professionals, you know? Like, don't try to build your own <laughs> rocket. Right. The if professionals, you want to go to school and be a rocket scientist mm-hmm. and do that professionally, fine. Build right. a rocket then. Here's the but. thing.
0: There are two jobs in the world, rocket scientist and cult leader. You're going to have to decide <laughs> which one you <laughs> want to go for. And Sometimes never you just 20- have to flip a coin. <laughs> you flip a coin, exactly. Uh, now, we were talking a little bit about how nice it was last week that the show got back to its roots. We had uh, some weirdness, but for the most part, everybody's in high school. Just kidding, y'all. Show's back. It's crazy. We're
2: talking about this Chapter 60. This what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't want your... no slow episodes. <laughs> I want cracked out, high octane, insane television. That's what I like. Yeah, forget uh, realistic character arcs and dealing
0: with emotional issues. We want Chad Michael Murray in an Evil Knievel suit. That's that's what <laughs> the audience demands. And
2: Evil Knievel suit? I mean...
0: Uh. Uh. Amazing.
2: It seemed like a cross between the two. Yeah, we'll get
0: to that in a moment. Before we talk through the episode, though, there is a fair amount of recap that we need to do. Now, this episode is finishing up a lot of the plot lines, or at least it seems to be finishing up a lot of the plot lines from last season of Riverdale, in particular, The Farm, which is a cult that was a front for an organ stealing operation that was run by a dude named Edgar Evernever. Now, Edgar Evernever had entrapped about half the town of Riverdale, particularly Polly Cooper, Betty Cooper's sister, Uh, Alice Cooper, her mom, seemingly uh, Principal Weatherby, Fangs, Kevin Keller, who doesn't show up this episode very weirdly, uh, and a couple of other people. Um, Alice Cooper, it turned out later, though, was actually a double agent. She was an informant, a mole for the FBI, working with her secret son, Charles Smith, who was not dead, as we had been told, but in fact alive. He is the son of F.P. Jones and Alice Smith. Nay, not nay, uh, Alice Cooper. Nay, Alice Smith. Then Alice Cooper. Uh, and they disappeared at the end of the last season. They, quote unquote, ascended, leaving their clothes behind, escaping. We were told Edgar Evernether did this a bunch of times. But then we found out the last episode that he was holed up in a motel outside of the town of Riverdale and getting ready for war. So that's where we leave off with that storyline. Additionally, let's talk about Archie. Archie Andrews owns a boxing gym. He runs it with who we used to call Mad Dog. We now know his actual name is Monroe. Uh, And they want to turn it into a community center. Specifically, Archie wants to do it as a tribute to his dad. He's trying to be better. He's trying to do better. Uh, And they had kind of talked about that, but over the past two episodes... Sort of drop that to the side a little bit. That's what's going on with Archie. Now, his girlfriend, Veronica, meanwhile, is dealing with some issues of her own. As usual, it has to do with her parents. Hiram, who is in jail, he's in a private prison that he owns. Pretty cushy. Pretty nice. Uh, And uh, her mother is also in jail, so she is on her own. She's in real jail. Who's in real jail? Hermione? Yeah. Oh, okay. And Veronica is in metaphorical jail. She's in a jail of her own making. An emotional jail.
2: She is, though.
0: Specifically, she's in lodge jail, and she doesn't want to be a lodge anymore, which is what she's wrestling with this episode. Uh, And then uh, there's Jughead. Jughead. Got a full ride at an elite prep school called Stonewall Prep. As you can imagine, there's a bunch of preppies that go there, including Victor from Deadly Class is once again an evil preppy. Uh, the dude's name is Sean Deppner. He's an actor. And I didn't realize this because I only watched one episode of it. But he also plays an evil preppy on The Order on Netflix. Uh, poor so, guy, man. Hey, he does one thing really well. He does it Real well, though. Uh, And there's a couple of other students that we meet that are part of Jughead's salon, if you will. There's Brett weston Wellis, which is the character that's played by Sean Deppner. There's Donna Sweet that's played by an actress named Sarah Desjardins. And there's two other characters. I believe it's June and Jonathan who are part of the salon, part of the writing group that is run by Mr. Chipping, who recruited Jughead for reasons that we don't quite know. Nefarious reasons. We'll we'll get into that. We'll see what happens. It's nefarious. Yes. So that's the main stuff you need to know. Also, the other thing is that in the unfortunate real-world absence of star Luke Perry uh, and the character accents of uh, Fred Andrews, uh, Molly Ringwald has stepped into the gap to play Mary Andrews. Uh, She is only supposed to be in Riverdale temporarily, but that's something that she's dealing with this episode as well and comes to a resolution there that is very sweet and very nice, I thought. Mm -hmm. So... That all out of the way, let's jump into it. Uh, Wait, you're we... not gonna, are you not going to talk about FBI Betty? Uh, I, she's working with her brother Charles. I think we kind of covered that.
2: Okay, but I just, you know, what's great about Betty is that, like, each season she gets her own kind of, like, moniker, and this season is FBI Betty. We've had Dark Betty, we've had many different Bettys, but, like, I'm really digging FBI Betty. Really? You're not going to call her, like, uh, Female Betty Inspectors or something? Oh, no. I mean, I was thinking about MacGyver, <laughs> Betty, but, you uh-huh. know. Mm-hmm.
0: I will say, somebody point this out. Uh, we made a joke on the Riverdale After Twitter account about a still of Magi- Machen. Excuse me. This is a thing that I found out. We've been saying uh, her name wrong the entire time. It's actually Machen Amic. So there you go. Little note for going forward. Uh, but there was a still of her holding a gun. Uh, she is technically Agent Cooper, which is Agent Dale Cooper from Twin Peaks. And of course, Machen was in Twin Peaks. So I, I don't know if they meant it that way, but that's a funny little weird. Agent Indian Cooper
2: joke. is pretty awesome. It is very awesome. So
0: there you go. Agent Cooper. That's her name from now on. Uh, so we do kick it off with Archie Boxing. Monroe comes in with his brother. His brother is getting bullied, and he
2: decides they want to start a community center. Now, of- this is. Yes, Pete. This is very upsetting because they're talking about arcades as these, you know, uh negative drug den places and mm-hmm. uh I you know, I was like, "Oh man, that's the opposite of uh what arcades were for me, for a kid, you know, it was a collection of nerdy kids um So it was just crazy to see them using arcades in such a negative tone, and it was kind of heartbreaking.
0: The writing staff of Riverdale is mostly jocks. That's why they have a lot of football. Uh, Mm -hmm. They they went over to the writing staff of one of the CW superhero shows the other day. This is pretty upsetting, and they stuffed them in a bunch of lockers and gave them swirlies. (sighs) It was crazy rude. Crazy rude. Uh, no, they, I, I don't know. I feel like that's actually a funny running thing that they have, totally honestly. That it's like arcades are dead of iniquity. If you want drugs, you know where you got
2: to go? The comic book shop. Yeah, it's so. Who, they're really taking down a lot of stuff, and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of heartbreaking, man.
0: Yeah, oh, I don't know. I don't think that's how they mean it. Uh, I do love having an evil I arcade. Do. You do? You take it the wrong way? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Now, this is an episode that definitely has a lot of its own trains running, so I think we can kind of follow each plot line along uh, rather than intermixing them. Uh, So let's talk about Archie's storyline. Now, Archie's storyline, we were talking about last two episodes that Archie was very inspired by the death of his father. It's really beautiful. He was, Mm -hmm. I thought... Doing better last episode in a storyline with Reggie. I know
2: you disagreed with that a little bit. Completely. Completely. Hard disagree. Well, straight up back to his douchey ways. But this app, I've got to say, (laughs) wow. Wow. So this episode, you were into what Archie was doing. I thought Archie was very level headed. So
0: last episode, when Archie was trying to be supportive of his friend Reggie and help him figure out a way to deal with his abusive father, no thanks. This episode, no, when no, he no. takes Back up a No, 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 the fuck and-
2: up for a second, Zalvin. You can't just... No, no, no. He didn't help his friend. He antagonized somebody who was beating his friend. Like, he did not listen, try to help him. He got... He went about things in a very douchey manner instead of listening to the problem and trying to do something that maybe. But that's just...
0: exactly what he did, and we shouldn't spend too much time on this because it was the last episode. But that's what he did in the last episode. He sat down with Reggie and let him talk. Reggie
2: cried. Reggie Later, the... what after he would like uh, was ignoring him on the football field, feeding Mad Dog the ball. Why Reggie looked like an asshole? He's got to spread the love as a quarterback. You've got to you know make people look good.
0: So last episode, uh, if we look at it from your direction, Archie did the wrong thing, which is did something aggressive, and then uh, realized he was doing the wrong thing and listened. Yeah, uh, which this was episode, great. he's trying to set up the community center, and so the lady does it is he beats up five guys with a bat and steals their money. I w- well, I would argue. I would no, argue, that. No, no. Archie going- was
2: being more level-headed. Mad Dog was like, yo, let's go get these guys. And Archie was like, hey, 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 hey. Let's not go get these guys. All and right? then later on, he's like, let's get these guys. Yeah, well, later on, I mean, that's, you know. Sure. Yeah. It's- After things have heightened a bunch. <laughs> so
0: Archie uh, decides to start the community center. He and Monroe explain it to Miss Weiss great recurring character uh, and Mary Andrews about the community center. But they're like, Hey, you know what? That's going to cost $40,000. And yeah. Mary's like, where are you going to get that money? And Archie's like, we don't have problems with Riverdale. Whatever happens, whatever I do, things work out. It's all good. And even Veronica yeah. says that later on where she's like, yeah, we'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. It's good. We yeah. got, we got some jock writers on this, so it's all good. Uh, but he does talk to Veronica and Veronica's like, let me lend you the money. Uh, He doesn't want to take it. He wants to get it on his own merits, which, of course, his own merits again is beating up five guys and stealing a bag of money. Uh, But she Mm -hmm. suggests, Mm -hmm. after looking at all the hot beefcake sitting in the Riverdale High common
2: room, why don't we have a car wash? Oh yeah! What'd you think about this car wash sequence, Pete? Uh, It was hysterical. It was real fun and over the top. And I loved how it was like a stack of ones. And I'm like, wait, what? And it went from being like, look at all this money we're making to like, oh, all these ones add up to like $45. Right. I I did love the fact that Veronica's like, we got four.
0: And so the implication there usually would be Archie would say, Oh, we got 40,000, which is what he says. And then she would say, No, we got 4,000. But in fact, they got 400. 100, yeah. How much were they charging for this car wash? Yeah. <laughs> was it a dollar a car? <laughs> like, what I don't know, having? man. Whatever it was, they were just mm-hmm. like, We're having fun. Reggie's shaking his pecs. He's getting all yeah. soapy. They're having a good time. They're having a soap fight. So they're very clean. <laughs> he- <laughs> It seemed like you got into it. You were enjoying uh, it. It was ludicrous. I also thought it was ludicrous that uh, that Reggie and Veronica now are like, yeah, we're cool. It's good. We used to date. It's fine. Reggie's like, nah, I'm, I'm into married older women now. So
2: I've moved on. Everything is fine with me. Uh, well, that but, really just lets you know, like, you know, sometimes you think maybe you're in love. A little time passes. and You realize, no, you know, I'm not. Yeah, Uh, that's true. That is true. Uh, Now, we do
0: find out about the second most ridiculous name for a new character in the episode Uh, (laughs) later on, as Monroe tells Archie all about Dodger, the guy who works out of the arcade who is using kids to do his dirty work. Now, this is uh, one of those names like Old Deuteronomy that I could not believe they were just dropping in there. Uh, the artful Dodger, of course, is a character from Oliver Twist by Charles Dickens. You probably know him from the musical Oliver. And they're just like straight up being like, yeah, this character exists at Riverdale. It's fine. Also, there's a cat man out there somewhere.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I, it's I, I Dodger didn't bother me as much as all the other crazy things. I was like, I thought it was a little bit more tamed than normally we get. There was uh, two to three points in this episode where I barked
0: with laughter. Dodger barked with barked laughter. Barked like, That's interesting. Pah! When I was watching it, Dodger was the first was the lowest of them. I would say uh, we'll get to the one that I cannot believe in a million years. They did when we get over to Jughead's storyline. Uh, but we do find out about Dodger, as mentioned, uh, Mary there's a couple of nice scenes with Mary that are back to back, which I thought were very good. Uh, there's Mary wants Archie to go back to Chicago with her, uh, and reveals he has a college fund, which I think is a really, they're setting smart. up a couple of things. For smart. Yeah. Well, what do you think at this point? Because they're starting to lay information like Veronica's mention. mentioned, Oh, I'm just going to go to Harvard. It's no big deal. Uh, and Archie, we know has a college fund. Betty has lost her money to the farm, though apparently we're gonna find out more about that later on this season. Uh what do you think the possibilities are for Archie at this point?
2: <laughs> are you kidding me? The guy, you know, changes his mind about things at the drop of a hat. How can you know what the possibility is? That guy is just He's distracted by shiny objects. How the hell would you even predict half of the shit that he's done? So you're saying Northeastern liberal arts college? (laughs) I'm saying. The home of
0: anybody who can't make a decision.
2: Yeah, I'm saying, yeah, he's going to be undeclared for a while, is what (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) say.
0: Probably. Uh, Now. I what I really liked about the scene actually with Mary and Archie because she's like come back to Chicago with me. It's safer there <laughs> than Riverdale, which is which insane is... to say. Yes. Well, to be fair, there's a lot of really good deep dish pizza in Chicago. You got No, no, uh, I mean
2: hot dogs I understand run what through she's saying like the, you know, there was quarantine, there's bears, there's so much insane shit happening in Riverdale, but also Chicago Yeah. It's going through a lot of shit right now as well. I mean, it's not Detroit. (laughs) What? What would be be great is if
0: they went to Detroit and Archie's like, you know what I want to do? I want to be a RoboCop. (laughs) I would buy that. That would happen on the show. Uh, But uh, Mary and Archie fights. What I liked about this is this underlines the difference in the relationship uh, with Mary and Archie versus Fred and Archie, because right. Fred and Archie would butt had sub but mostly Fred was like, I'm trying to support you, and Archie was like, stop supporting me, Dad, and he's like, I'm gonna support you even harder now. While Mar- Mary ultimately does support him, but she does disagree with him. She doesn't see things the same way. She tries to understand her world and tries to be there for his son, but she also has her own life. And I like that quite a bit in this scene. Yeah. Uh, but Archie does not like it. He still believes in Riverdale. He punches his punching bag, uh, grabs a mask and a bat and heads uh, to take on Dodger at the Wipeout Arcade and takes out five guys and steals all of their money,
2: which is... Bonkers! Like we don't even get I, to see this I love this play. that he was like, "Oh, I love these odds." Yeah, uh, Archie. That he shouldn't have taken the money, but I like the fact that he was like, "All right, we're gonna handle these arcade guys." Yes, I guess. Except again, this is like to me, this is a slide for the character. You
0: know, yeah. this is this is a backwards. But he moving.
2: started off well, <laughs> which sure. I appreciate. You know, like he's gonna always be Archie. But instead of just giving in to his knee-jerk reactions like he did last up, I felt like this time at least he tried to be like, hey, listen, you know, Mad Dog, we don't need to run in there yet. And then things got escalated, and then he turned into Archie. But I just felt like he tried to be a little bit more level-headed, which I appreciated. At least, I guess
0: he was happier about it. You know, when he was mm-hmm. going after the Black Hood and he started the Red Circle and everything, he was very intense and angry. Yeah. Here he was pretty happy beating up Dodger, so. So, yeah, I, I guess I see where you're coming from. There's a very nice scene that follows this up where Veronica and Mary chat. I also really like their relationship a lot. Yeah. Um, there's also a great running joke going on where in the first episode, Archie in the middle of the night realizes he needs to go up to, I think oh, it was yeah. Sherry Falls. He's upstairs. Or, <laughs> yeah, he's upstairs. <laughs> no, wait, what are you doing? I thought you were asleep upstairs. Same yeah. thing happens this episode. He's out kicking the shit out of Dodger. And yeah. Veronica, Mary immediately is like, "Oh no, no, no! Archie is in bed. Yeah, he's upstairs you if you need him. Yeah, yeah, he's upstairs if you need him."
2: She's. Uh, she's, she's going figure out. She's great. Like she was freaked out by Cheryl in the last episode. Like, oh God, what does Cheryl want? And then Veronica talked with her, and she had this look, like, okay, like, what are, what's the deal with these kids? Uh, So that's also fun to see her kind of reacting to the Riverdale cast. Yeah, because everybody in town is obsessed with the teens. She isn't there
0: yet, but I'm sure she'll get there. (laughs) Uh, But Veronica also very supportive of Archie. She understands that Mary won't take the money, but she tries to explain she's investing in Archie. She believes in Archie unequivocally. Uh, we then cut back to you, but Rose. I feel so
2: bad for her because Archie's going to break her heart again. What are you? What are you talking about? I don't think so. What makes Archie, you think that? Archie, as we've seen, he'll jump at the stupidest things, and Veronica is trying to build a stable relationship with somebody who isn't stable. You know, and I feel like that's just going to be a train wreck. Uh, we'll see what happens. Apparently,
0: all the couples we've talked about this on the podcast before. Yeah. Apparently, all the couples are steady, at least through midseason. Um, so I don't know. We'll See what I happens. Don't, we'll, oh, don't don't say that. I hate it when you say that. <laughs> uh, Monroe sees Archie is beaten up. Uh, he took the muddy, and Monroe is like, what are you talking about? You can't just take this dirty muddy." And Archie's mm-hmm. like, oh, I didn't know that. But Monroe thinks maybe they can launder through Veronica. Veronica, though, won't clean the money. She's just like, just burn it. Figure out another way. Figure out another way to do that. And then ultimately, they do figure out another way, uh, which is Mary decides to stay in Riverdale. She's going to become a pro bono attorney. (laughs) Uh, which doesn't pay a lot of money. I'm not. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. And set up the community center as a 501c3 as a nonprofit, and take care of all the business because Archie has no idea what he's doing. Uh,
2: yeah, which is basically saying, Archie, you go back to being pretty. We'll take care of things for you. Listen, that is the way things should be in Riverdale. I think.
0: Okay. I did. I did like her drawing the line and saying, "You don't understand the business, just like your father." I thought that was kind of sweet and cute. Yeah. Um,
2: I like the fact that it was also funny when she came in, he was just like staring at papers, like what are these and how do I make them do things?
0: (laughs) Him just sort of shoving it into his computer screen and hoping it's going to add something up. (laughs) Uh, Let's jump back and talk about Veronica because we touched on her a little bit. Her plot line kicks off with Archie and Veronica. They're chatting about the name change. Mm-hmm. Don't worry though, they still have a little time to fuck. Oh, yeah, of course. She's like, Do you have a little time? And he's like, huh? Yeah, I got five seconds. I'm pretty good. I, I can handle this. Oh, my God. Uh, so we do get Veronica. Uh, she wants, also, I forgot to mention earlier, she very casually is like, Hey, maybe you guys could go totally nude in my underground nightclub below yeah. Pop's Chocolate Shop, and then they just sort of cut away from that. Yeah. Uh But the rest of her plot line is Veronica dealing with her name change, thinking about whether she wants to change Veronica Gomez. She comes home, she thinks it's Smithers. It's
2: not, it's just Hiram. Just chilling because he's in his jail where he can come and go as he pleases. That doesn't seem right to me. Oh, the- Really? <laughs> well, that doesn't if seem like it's jail, accurate. You get to decide when you can come and go, though.
0: Yeah, I feel like somebody would
2: have seen him. and Yeah, uh, what are they going to do? Tell him? You're going to tell him uh, later? Hey, you know who I saw leaving? You. So you <laughs> should get in trouble by yourself. My biggest question runs- about
0: this, because Hiram shows up at his desk and he's like, I can come and go as I please. Yeah, of course he can. You can't he's stop in me. jail.
2: Don't change the locks. Why be in jail at all then? Because it keeps people's eyes off of him. It's the perfect oh, thing for okay. him. Build a right. jail where you can kind of do things as you please. Yeah.
0: Well, I've built myself an emotional prison. No, I we all have. So that's working out real well. And I come and go. <laughs> Here's the thing, though I do not come and go as I please from that particular prison. Uh, and oh, then he man. tells her a story. He explains that his name was not originally Hiram Lodge. It was, I tried to mark this down and I couldn't quite understand it. Was it Hemela Luna? Yeah.
2: Is that what it was? Something like that. Okay. Luna so, was the last name for sure.
0: Yeah. But something like Hemela.
2: Ha- and Hermione. I think that's where it. Wait, what? Like he was trying to? I think it's a call to also like Hermione and why they were meant to be together.
0: Sure, yeah, they all have hem names, and then yeah. we're gonna meet uh, Hermosa in a couple of episodes' time, <laughs> which is Hiram's... I like
2: uh, her daughter Mermosa.
0: Mermosa. <laughs> uh, I love their cousin Mimosa, particularly on a Sunday at around eleven a.m. Uh, so, oh, look his... at you. <laughs> uh, so his name was originally Hamela Luna He decided to change his name to Hiram Lodge And his father beat him And he gives the speech, which I thought was a very weird speech To have at the episode after they tried to seriously deal with uh, Child abuse uh, But he's like, you know what? I get what he was doing and why he beat me now about this name And th- uh, basically threatens Veronica and says You will always be a Lodge, it'll never wash away you're going to be a lodge forever. Stay a lodge. But Veronica has other plans. She's inspired by his story in a very different way. And she ultimately goes back to the prison and tells him, hey, you know what? I am going to change my name. I'm going to change my name to Veronica Luna. I'm going to be Veronica Luna. I'm going to change the locks. If you come in, I'm going to tase you, bro, is what I'm going to do. And Hiram, my opinion, looks like he has no moves left after that. Do you believe well, that? He looks touched. He looks touched, and that kind of throws him. Really? Did you, th- you took touched from it? I didn't necessarily get that, but that makes sense.
2: Yeah, he was kind of like, oh my God, you would, you would kind of do that. And yeah, and it, I, I kind of felt like it really moved him. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, I like that reaction a lot better than what I took, which was
0: frustrated anger at Veronica again. Uh, so. Mm-hmm. I'll go with that. Uh, so that's Veronica's storyline. Let's move over to Jughead because Jughead is dealing with the Stonewall prep of it all. Uh, there's a very cute scene right at the beginning where he's moving into his new dorm room. Jelly Bean and FP are there with Betty. They're walking him in. Uh, FP realizes that Jughead and Betty are about to have a sweet little bughead moment. So mm-hmm. he takes uh, Jelly Bean and is like, come on, let's get some triple bubble from the machine. Uh, and then uh, there's a cute goodbye. And I, I really liked how this scene was written. I like the fact that they're not playing Betty is secretly annoyed at Jughead for leaving, which wouldn't feel true to the relationship so much as she's like, no, of course, I'm going to miss you when yeah. you're gone. But this is the best thing for you. I like that. How do you feel about it, Pete?
2: Yeah, I thought it was really touching. I really like how they're comfortable in the relationship like they're trusting of each other they're both really badasses in their own right and I just love how they're not over their top they're not you know they're just kind of like cool with each other and how each other work and and it's it's very beautiful and that's one of the nice like this relationship really grounds the show and i Mm -hmm. hope that they don't mess with that because it's not what the comic are are you know it's it's supposed to be something else but they've really found something in the show and i hope that they really do keep it going because um it's very sweet and very just uh uh Great. It's not too much. It's I think they do it, you know, because it's like Veronica and Archie sometimes can be very over top with how they make out and their kind of like relationships. So I feel like I like how they're just kind of like a little bit more uh, centered and, 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 and solid. Um, well, but And I give FBI Betty a lot of credit, or Agent Cooper, I should say. Uh, she's dealing with a very douchey place. Like uh, Jughead wants to be a part of something that is like super douchey and like, you know, maybe good for him, but I don't, I don't really believe so. So, well, it's, it's ultimately, I think pretty clearly not going to be good for him,
0: but I will say, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's Cole Sprouse wearing the prep school uniform or the new setting or the new cast or anything like that. But I really. I. Not that I've disliked Jughead or Cole Sprouse, but the way that he's always played the character, he's always very uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. He's uh, annoyed in situations. He's very yeah. twitchy. Yeah. Uh, the character is never. Uh, never wants to be anywhere, it feels like. And that was totally different this episode. Like, this is the the what i got from cole Sprouse's performance here is it was very relaxed it was yeah, very he's confident. in his element
2: exactly i it's, it's I was unsettling to stunned. see him saddled.
0: yeah uh it's it was funny like he was very casual with some of his lines and his deliveries uh it's great like obviously it's going to turn out very badly he's going to be buried alive etc cetera, etc cetera. but right right uh, <laughs> but for right now i thought this was pretty awesome and i like this new setting uh, particularly the twist that we get immediately after that cute goodbye where Moose comes in. Oh, he is Jughead's movie. Marmaduke. And that to me, that was the moment where I was
2: like, I laughed so loud. All the crazy shit in this episode and the reveal of Marmaduke instead who, of Moose. Who is like,
0: I used to be called Moose. I want things to be a little more normal now. <laughs> Call me Marmaduke. The giant dog from the funny pages <laughs> <laughs> that I think eats sandwiches, but I don't 100% remember. Would
2: you have really appreciate it if he was like, no, 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 call, call me Family Circle. <laughs> I mean, listen, this show, man,
0: uh, they might do that. Yeah. They might be like, call me. don't call me Moose Mason. My name is Marmaduke Lockhorn. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, call God. me Andy Cap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but I liked him uh, bonding with him. It was great to see Cody Kearsley as Moose again. Yeah. It's weird that he hasn't said anything to Kevin. Uh, but the story that he tells is that Moose, sorry, Marmaduke, has a breakdown. He's trying to get a fresh start. Uh, he, I like it, the
2: way that conversation was handled. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, me
0: too. I think it made a lot of sense. Yeah,
2: I also like the breath in between kind of him like revealing that and then like looking at Jughead for judgment and Jughead being very cool about it. It's a good relationship. And I think overall it points
0: to something that I'd love to see more for the series, which is taking uh, characters you don't expect to see together and put them in plot lines together like Jughead and Boose. I don't know if they've ever talked on the show before. I don't explicitly remember it. But that's so much more fun and interesting than the umpteenth Archie and Veronica storyline, which they're great. I love Archie. It's good to see them together. But we know how that works. We don't know how Jughead and Moose work. Sorry, Marbadook work together. Yeah. And it's good to see it. And I'm excited I to also, see it going forward.
2: I also really like the message of it. You know, like you don't have to... Struggle with things or hide things, you know what I mean like what's put, mm-hmm. uh, put if you put it out there, you know people will uh, you, people will surprise you with how understanding that can be
0: yeah there's also a great shot in this scene where he starts to warn him about Brett Weston Wallace yeah, and he's behind him the whole time yeah uh, they they block that out really nicely, yeah with, uh barbecue's body blocking brett uh Brett. It's like, see you at class
2: later, Jughead. Yeah, and then and course- also like the whole, like, did you do the reading? Jughead saw that and felt that, but it's driving me nuts that nobody's acting on these alarms going off about this school. Well, but that's what this episode
0: is always about, right, is that I don't get the sense of this episode. We don't find out that it's an evil school with snake people underneath it or anything like that, but we yeah. do get preppies versus townies is what's going on, and that's Brett versus
2: yeah. Uh That plays into but the that's next a scene. Real, that's a yeah. real thing that happens, man. I don't know about nah. you, but my college town, the uh, townies versus the college kids was, was a real thing, man. In my town, uh, that didn't happen, but the local cult leader did build a rocket. Mm. Mm.
0: So different, different towns. This is actually a ridiculous joke because we went to the same
2: college town. We did. Uh, anyway. You are uh, higher up on the hill. I was with the, you know, the common folk <laughs> in the bottom of the hill, though. Yeah, down, in, down at the literal
0: commons. Again, we're just laying out the geography of Ithaca on this particular <laughs> podcast. Uh, so Brett reads a story. Everyone loves it because they don't want to offend Brett. Uh, as we find out later, he is a Diplo brat, which is not, like I first thought, a brat who likes Diplo, uh, but actually a diplomat's kid who thinks he can get away
2: with anything. Uh, uh, that, that's what I thought it was. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. They should call him New York the- City. They should call him a Diplo Brett,
0: right? Good one? Not good one? That's pretty good. Solid burn. Hey, thanks, man. So Brett reads his story. Everybody loves it except for Jughead. So Brett, very natural reaction, rips Jughead's story right back, says he can't relate to Jughead. Uh, And then later on, Mr. Chipping gives them an assignment that... I will say my wife was uh, next to me not watching Riverdale while I was watching Riverdale, but I had the sound on Mm -hmm. and uh, several other things she like sort of huffed and rolled her eyes at when they came up in the uh, story. But that was the one she was like, wow, that's a good assignment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which, which it really is uh Mr. chipping mm. aside it's the the same mystery story they just need to write a different ending and then whoever has the best ending voted on anonymously will win. Yeah, pretty cool. Very cool assignment. One thing that hampers it a little bit is there's five people in the class. Yeah, I <laughs> so, know. So yeah. not a lot of votes going on there necessarily like end of the day uh Not to jump ahead, but uh, end of the day, Donna ends up winning and Brett and Jughead have the lowest votes, which I have to assume was one vote each since they each voted for their story.
2: So maybe Donna got three votes. Yeah, I just thought it was going to be one of those things where Brett would flex his uh, douchey kind of like uh, muscles and just like threaten the other voters, but he didn't do it. Well, the scene that happens before that, which
0: I also thought was very well played out is Brett pulls a classic uh, Deadly Class move. They're in, yeah. I think, even, like, the study room from Deadly Class, though I'm not 100% sure. Uh, and he sneaks up and starts poking at Jughead and being like, hey, you're poor, right? You were in a gang, and your, your sister's poor, and your Bob's poor. What's it like being yeah. poor, you poorie? who's in gangs.
2: Uh, and Jughead grabs him. Yeah, and like a boss. That was such a sick move. That's when I like got out of my seat and was like, yeah, Jughead. It's great.
0: What I thought also was great about this is he doesn't punch him. He doesn't beat him up. He no, just he grabs doesn't. him enough to scare him. and Just, just like, threaten him, get his attention, and then drops knowledge on him. Exactly. It was a nice way of turning it around and say, proving how much he has grown to the other students and saying, listen, let's just concentrate on the work. All I want to do is be a good writer. And I think that's ultimately what probably gives uh, Jonathan and June enough power to vote for Donna uh, instead of Jughead and Brett. Though Brett gets his revenge eventually because he puts posters up all over the school telling the truth about Marmaduke, that his dad was the Gargoyle King, that he left the school. classic douchebag, you know, lashing out. Exactly. It's going to be a real bummer when the snake men eat him in a couple of episodes time. I can't wait. Uh, now, that's Junkhead storyline. Let's move on to the big one in the episode, which is Betty.
2: Yeah! Agent Cooper to the rescue!
0: By the way, great theme song. Really like Thank it. You. Let's lay down that track after this. <laughs> uh, now, lots of stuff going on here. So much stuff. Uh, Charles... Oh in his FBI headquarters that I thought was in Riverdale High, but is maybe not at Riverdale High. It's a little unclear exactly what's going on. Uh, explains that they've been staking out Edgar's motel. Uh, and they send in an FBI agent as a pizza guy because they've been having pizza every single day. Uh, and Evelyn kills the pizza guy. They hear it over the phone. And then Edgar tells Charles not to send anybody else in. Now we very quickly find out this is a very Different Edgar I think like a different Cult leader like he was Sort of Scientology new agey cult When we first met him now he's Like straight up natural Born killers lizard king David Koresh thing going on Well
2: if you notice he's when we see him, he's half wearing a shirt and half not, and I feel like that's his, like, Jekyll and Hyde. If he puts his shirt fully on, mm-hmm. he's a complete psychopath, but if he's got it, like, half off, right? Um, then he's, you know, more lighthearted, hippie, kind of like, hey, we're all here to, you know... Be in this commune together Well that's very
0: different for me Because if I go into a store And I see a shirt half off I become a psychopath <laughs> 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 Gotta get me some shirts You know what I'm talking about So uh, we do see him <laughs> Now this is a classic Riverdale thing That motel is mm-hmm. enormous like, That is like the Polynesian hotel At Disney
2: World Just sort right. of burnt out a little bit yeah, but the know. tourism for Riverdale has gone through the roof. I mean, it's been quarantined. There have been, like, vampires and stuff mm-hmm. and uh, wood monsters. So the tourists have been coming, like, crazy to see this stuff. I have to imagine there are a million murder podcasts
0: that are covering <laughs> everything that's going on <laughs> in Riverdale. And to your point, there's just, like, a bunch of murderitos heading there being like, ooh, this is the spot where Jason got killed. Yeah, And Cheryl's like, get away from there, you harpies. Nice <laughs> Cheryl. Uh yeah, thank you very much. Uh so Charles calls Edgar. Uh he is in the full lizard king mode in the motel. He wants 250,000 a bus and passports. Um and then oh, we should come back and talk about Cheryl's storyline. I actually completely forgot about that. We didn't even set that up in the recap. Um uh, and, oh, also, we didn't mention while I'm zipping through here that Marmaduke and Donna are hooking up, which I thought was yeah. a nice twist because we sort of expected Donna to come in the between Jughead and Betty. But she's not. She's actually, like, pretty straight up and a, a good person. Uh, they also very casually and very nicely explain that Marmaduke is bi, uh, yep. which Jughead explains very well. But back to the Edgar storyline. Edgar calls again. Uh, they want him to release a hostage Uh, And he does. It's Polly, and she's wrapped in explosives.
2: This is where things. This is where I lost it, man. I was like, (laughs) Riverdale is back, baby. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Several, several trained
0: FBI agents in a room. Who has to defuse (laughs) the bomb? The bomb agent Betty Betty. Cooper.
2: I couldn't believe it. I was like, Why is Betty going towards this bomb? There's no way. The I have
0: to imagine (laughs) the excuse there is, oh, okay Betty has a bond with Polly because they're sisters, so she's going to trust her. But that everybody else is like, yo, I got to hide behind this desk. Let that teenager take care of it. Yeah, is crazy.
2: But of course, she does. Every FBI agent should be fired for letting a high school kid step in and deep and take care of a bomb.
0: Or alternately, we need to have a bunch of teenagers step in and take care of what's going on with the FBI in the real world. You know yeah, what I'm exact. saying? Oh yeah. They just got to bring. They they figure it out in the absolute perfect way for Betty. Uh, there's a pin missing from the oh, detonator. Come on,
2: man! She's cutting the wires. It doesn't work. And oh. she pulls out her
0: bobby pin for her ponytail, <laughs> puts <laughs> in the pin in, this saves the day. Is just
2: classic. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Ancient Cooper stuff. It's, it doesn't get any better than
0: this. It's fantastic. Uh, so she diffuses Uh Betty and Polly talk. She finds out that Edgar is going to sacrifice all of his followers including Alice. That's his whole plan. Uh, so Betty makes moves to get him what he needs. She gets $250,000 in glabergé eggs from Veronica. She gets oh, fake. That, pa-
2: wait, you got to back up the truck. That was just hysterical. She goes, to Veronica for money. Veronica just looks around her rich place. He's like, <laughs> I'm gonna take a couple of those. Yeah. yeah. that will get you.
0: that will get you your money. It's cool. I've got the exact amount of eggs.
2: Yeah. So and we're fine. My mom won't murder me when she gets out of jail.
0: Uh and then we get a nice scene with Tony. I do like uh Tony and Betty working together. I think it's fun to yeah. see them. Uh Tony gets a bunch of fake passports and then Betty very casually tricks the school out of a school bus. Uh she drives well, over to the motel. The confront- Betty
2: driving the bus was fantastic. Like a boss. And she she, confronts- can de- she can take care of bombs. She can drive a bus. I mean, this woman's unbelievable. She really is. Uh she's going to go very far. Um yeah. She confronts
0: Edgar, but then gets knocked out by Evelyn, her old oh, frenemy. So mad. So, so mad. mad. Uh, Evelyn, meanwhile, has gone full Che, I guess, is what yeah. she's going for.
2: Well, it's the last time we saw her, she was hooked up to like 18 different dialysis machines. And I didn't think she would be able to like walk again, let alone be like a stormtrooper. Well, they took all the of the, the organs, right?
0: She's probably stuffed to the gills with free kidneys. Oh. Uh, the dream. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so then...
2: <laughs> uh, I, could,
0: I only wish. Uh, so Ugh. then we uh, cut back to Alice and Betty are tied up together in the motel. Oh, that was
2: hysterical.
0: Then we find out the plan... <laughs> the plan... <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Is that Evelyn is going to load everybody into the school bus to... <laughs> I'm sorry, it's so ridiculous,
2: <laughs> drive
0: them off a cliff while Edgar takes off at a rocket
2: that he's built, which, <laughs> is, which it looks, looks like he can go 50 feet in the air maybe. <laughs> before Cues? a parachute, a tiny parachute opens.
0: Now we get a couple of very quick, very badass scenes. Betty knocks out Evelyn. We get to see. Hell Alice. yeah, she does. Alice and Revenge. Betty walk down the hallway in slow mo, slipping their guns, looking oh, super yeah, cool. The,
2: wait, wait, wait. Yeah, the slow mo as she like opens the you know spins the revolver. Mm-hmm. Till, uh, oh, that was just such a badass Betty moment.
0: Fantastic, uh, and she gets everybody on the bus. Fangs betrays them, which oh. I thought was an interesting point. Uh, and then we yes. get a ridiculous seventy shot of Edgar in the middle of Zoom in on him yeah. uh, when Alice sees him. H- totally hilarious. Uh, and then we come back to Weatherby, who's like, "Oh, I got my finger cut off. And Betty's like, you got to redeem yourself. Yeah. Get everybody on the bus, asshole. There's a new principal in town, you jerk. Uh, and Alice goes after Edgar. Edgar is wearing... Like I thought the rocket thing could get more ridiculous. And then it, it, to your point, it looks like a toy rocket. He's dressed in some sort of stunt man outfit that has Edgar on the belt buckle.
2: Yeah, it's a Elvis slash evil Knievel uh like one piece outfit that is hysterical. Here is the one bubber
0: to me of this episode. We get the scene, it's great to see Alice taking charge. Uh she we don't has get a to see showdown the off. Is that the uh, bummer? Exactly. Yes, that's what I was getting towards, is we, we were cheated. Like, <laughs> I, I appreciate the fact that Alice killed Edgar. That's probably the way things should have gone. But the fact that we were cheated out of Edgar getting in that rocket and shouting, like, to <laughs> infinity and beyond... No, like five is feet in the air. Wiley coyote
2: with his acme rocket <laughs> that he built. <laughs> Absolutely. He's the one he should have got
0: off the cliff at the school bus. Yeah. Real bummer or there. Or
2: painted a tunnel and drove right through it.
0: Yes. Uh, and then uh, So that all wraps up pretty quickly After that we get one scene of Jughead And Buddy snuggling on the couch uh, Alice is back to journalism Polly is getting help uh, Betty thinks they could trust Charles But seems a little unsure about it yeah. uh, It says I'm just happy This nightmare is finally over The doorbell rings There's a videotape in there in a white bag And Jughead says famous Last words Which is true uh, now, these Who's videotapes. What of
2: VHS player is going to be the question?
0: The next episode of the show is going to be a, a, a crossover with kids react to. And so it's going to be all the teens being like, oh, I, I remember this. This was a thing that people used to use before uh, they uh, stream things on iTunes. <laughs> no, I, I, somebody will have a VHS tape. They, or they only who, have VHS. Who in that t- pops? Yeah, maybe Pops. They'll have to go to Pops. Uh, I'm sure Jughead has a VHS. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm really into, like, these creepy VHS movies, blah, blah, blah.
2: Oh, yeah, from the movie theater or the movie, yeah.
0: Now, do you think this is connected to the farm or
2: unconnected to the farm? No, I think he's talking about Edgar's last words. I, so here's my theory on it, and obviously we'll find out more.
0: The, a lot of pe- folks have thought these are the tapes from the farm that are going to get released. Mm. I, think it's, I think it has to be something else, right? Because that's not much of a mystery. Like, if everybody's secrets get released all at once, that's not as interesting as some sort of weird surveillance thing going on mm. on VHS tapes. But I guess we'll see. Uh, let's jump back, though, and talk about Cheryl
2: and Tony's oh. storyline before oh, we go. Oh, no, I'm so worried about this relationship now.
0: This is effed up what goes on here, oh. my friend. Now, we did mention uh, Cheryl Blossom has taken the desiccated corpse of her brother, Jason Blossom, and installed it, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it in the chapel at Thornhill, I want to say they're living in now, because Thistle House is burnt down. Yep. Uh, and she's keeping it secret, which is bonkers. Uh, we kick off the episode, though, with Shoni is smooching in their bed. And uh-huh. then they hear something of the walls. Sounds like rats. Uh Tony it's Nana. It's Nana. Nana's in the walls. <laughs> she's in <laughs> the walls. Uh Tony also mentions she's like, hey, can we maybe hire like a daddy for these two babies we're taking care of? Because we're teenagers living in an enormous house by ourselves. What do you think? Cheryl's like, No. But they go over to Nana and she says something really fascinating. She's at the fire, clearly having a psychotic break. And says, I thought I
2: saw the triplets burning in the fire. And that's a callback to the floating babies that we still haven't Uh, explained.
0: I don't think so. Oh, I think it is. I think Cheryl thinks she's talking about the twins. I think what she's talking about is in the comics, there's actually
2: blossom triplets. Yeah, I think that's what... uh she has another uh, brother or sister mm-hmm. that she doesn't know about. I
0: wonder... I, I don't think they're going to go this way, but I do wonder if the body that we're seeing right now and the person that was killed wasn't Jason at all. What if it was Julian Blossom? Ooh. Who's the third Blossom triplet? Or alternately, maybe Trevor Steins will show up as Julian Blossom. Either way, I think... That's certainly a strong hint there. Uh, But don't worry, there's plenty of more effed up stuff happening with Cheryl. Uh, Cheryl walks in and she finds an enormous, very jack night nurse named Darius, who's been hired by (laughs) Tony. Night nurse. Uh, She (laughs) forbids him from going to the chapel. Very not suspicious, but also he's like, all right, that's fine. I -hmm. just think about my muscles and babies. That's all that's going on with me. Uh, And. she Cheryl immediately gets mad because I believe probably the first day uh, JJ Jason has moved somehow yeah. um, and she's like oh of course the nurse did it Darius walks in on them having breakfast or muffins or something and says there are rats on the walls she says the only rat here is you and he gets fired Tony looks super bummed out about it yeah uh, and then Cheryl goes in for the creepiest scene in the episode She goes up to Jason, is talking to him, and a rat pops out of Jason's stomach, like alien style. Horrifying. Cheryl kills it with a book, and then we get my favorite slash least favorite part of the storyline, which is that Cheryl is there about (laughs) to sew up Jason's stomach, and Toadie walks in and is like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, And... It's my favorite because I am so glad they did not have Tony be like, why can't I go into the chapel for 45 more episodes? Yeah. But at the same time, like, what, what possibly can be the outcome of this?
2: Well, what's like, great is now Tony knows. Sure. So hopefully they can get Cheryl the help that she needs to deal with this because she went from, like, having her brother back through this creepy cult to then talking to this dead corpse. So hopefully there's a little bit more sane thing for her um, that Tony can help her with that will make their relationship stronger and better. But I'm worried that it's going to break them up because I I feel like Cheryl's going to double down on crazy town and then Tony's not going to have any of it. I mean, here's the thing. I love Shodi. Yeah, you should. If I walked
0: in on my partner being like, here's the dead body of my brother who I've been talking about and keeping in our house for months, I would very calmly and supportively have them committed. Oh, come on.
2: You wouldn't do uh, that to Marnie? What? Yes. No way. And I think rightly so. No way, man. Marnie would um, just need to talk to some people, maybe some medication, you know, they'd be able to work it out.
0: I don't know, man. Maybe be arrested for grave robbing or something like that. Like, I know Riverdale just is You're going to call the cops on your partner? I'm not going to call the cops on my partner, but if my wife was keeping the dead body of her brother, who doesn't exist, by the way, uh, in our house without my knowledge, I'd be very creeped out. Yeah, I would immediately try to get her the help she wants, but I would not be like you know what, keep the body here and talk to a psychologist once a week until we figure this whole thing out. Mm -hmm. That would not be my reaction. Huh. Also, it's attracting rats. This is the other thing. The body is attracting rats. Yeah. That's equally horrifying. (laughs) It is is a vermin-infested, rotting, dead body. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, They're not going to deal with it that way Because the next episode is Halloween And they're going on Halloween
2: dates together and Doing Ouija seances and stuff Which is fine But, but you, can't, you can't just Transition from that to Halloween, right? Except I don't know I mean, maybe they'll end it up They'll be like, you know what?
0: Let's just talk about this after Halloween I don't want this to ruin our trick-or-treating <laughs> oh, man. We'll certainly see what happens next episode. Before we go, MVP for the episode, Pete. Who is the MVP? Hit me up. I'm going to surprise me.
2: All right. I'll surprise you. It's FBI Betty, Asian Cooper, all day, er day. I mean, she can defuse a bomb, drive a bus, punch people out. What more do you want for a hero? What more do you want?
0: The woman can do everything. I'm going to go with Jughead this episode. As I mentioned, I really liked him a lot.
2: He's feeling more how, confident. How dare you go with Jughead? He's being duped by a whole school and a, and a creepy principal, and he doesn't, he's not even aware of it. He's dealing with it with the right way, though. He's being honest. He's making
0: friends. He's trying no. to better himself. No, they should be going through their files, finding out stuff, snooping around. I guess. I don't know. He will do that eventually. I'm not too worried about it. But right now, too long. this is a new Jughead, and I am happy to see it. No. And I am happy, as always, to see you and see you listeners supporting our show at patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by. We'll chat with you about Riverdale. Yeah, There's a couple of places you can check out the show at Riverdale Dark on Twitter. Uh, also, at Riverdale After on Instagram and uh, somewhere on Facebook. Just search for it. it. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I really gotta look this up before the show. Uh also comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your cho- choice. And we'll see you next time after dark.